Well, I'm going to go ahead and invite uh, Brother Philip to come on up. <laughs> you have your way, brother. Yeah, I'm all hooked up here. Praise the Lord. It's good to see all of you. You know, I was privileged to be in the prayer room this morning. You want to know what I saw there? One lady beside the pastor and ourselves. You know, that was kind of a funny feeling I had. There might need to be a little bit more prayer in this church. You suppose God could be talking to anybody about that? You know, when we were trained back in the 40s, church where we were trained, we prayed before the service around the altar, before the service and after the service. After the service, we digested what we'd heard during the service and made progress in serving the Lord. And then I met the Ewings there in Waco, and I saw them doing the same thing, praying before the service and after the service. And then I saw in Portland, Oregon, where we are now, that's where we've been working out of for 21 years, City Bible Church, used to be called Bible Temple. Brother Iverson was the pastor there. There was a wonderful prayer meeting before every service for 30 minutes. Can you picture two to three hundred people getting together for prayer before the service? Every Sunday morning and every Sunday night, too? My, you could expect that God was going to do great things because of the prayer. And he did. I really want to encourage you. I'm not condemning anybody. I know many of you really work hard. And you need rest. But you know, (laughs) I talked to God one time. I said, God... I'm working and I need more rest and I want to stay in bed longer. And the Lord said, get up and pray. <laughs> so he didn't agree with me. Praise God. When we get up and pray and seek the Lord, it's refreshing. We receive fresh power of the Holy Spirit, more of Jesus. Hallelujah. It's wonderful in our homes to seek the Lord and then... Just keep in touch with him all day long, thinking about him, praising him in our heart, and worshiping him, and praying about different needs that we see around us. But praise God, when we come to church and we pray before the service, it really does make a difference in the church. And I didn't know what my wife was going to speak on, but she was talking about unity. Praise God. What if we had such unity that the prayer room was so full of people we couldn't get them all in there? <laughs> we could move out to the auditorium and fill it up to pray. Hallelujah. There'd be a way. But you just be encouraged today. Try coming to pray before the service. And I'll tell you, you're going to be blessed and the service is going to be a greater service. Service is already wonderful. 
Praise God. I thought, my, good service. Hallelujah. But praise God, it can be gooder. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I'm a kind of a signs and wonders preacher, but the Lord's kind of put it in second place this morning. So this message is on God's love plus signs, wonders, and miracles. You ever hear a message like that? God's love comes first in all that we do. It's the most important thing because we know God's creator. We know he does miracles. We know he's without limit in ability. But what describes God more than any other thing? It's found in the Bible, First John chapter 4. We won't turn to it. But there it says, God is love. So that's what we're supposed to be. Well, we don't have any love that's worth anything. Did you know that? God said all of our righteousness, all of our own works are like filthy rags. Praise God. Jesus gives us his love, his life. And praise God. That's wonderful when we have his love. And so in John chapter 15, uh, we'll not touch on that too much in John chapter 15, but there are two verses that kind of good along the line we're talking about. <clears throat> First of all, it's verse 9. John 15, 9. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. Not your love. Don't continue your love. Your love's no good. Throw it out. Stinks. Amen. Continue in my love, Jesus said. Praise the Lord. Well, verse 12 is another verse. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Boy, what a commandment. Love as he loved us. My, what would happen if we begin to love one another as he has loved us? I'll tell you, this church would be set on fire with love. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I think we better read that verse again. That's John fifteen twelve. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. And we found out in verse 9, we cannot do it in our own love. Jesus said, continue in my love. Oh, hallelujah for Calvary that provided all this wonderful treasure of his love that we can have. Old Testament days, they couldn't keep the two greatest commandments. 
the greatest commandments was love God with all your heart, your soul, and mind. Strength, love your neighbor as yourself. They couldn't do it, even though they wanted to do it. Well, there was a few maybe succeeded, but generally they didn't. But now we can have it. We can love God with all of our heart, our soul, our mind, our strength, and we can love our neighbor as ourselves because we have His love. Glory to God. His love brings us, first of all, into relationship with God and into relationship with one another, a relationship of love. So God wants this church to be built on a relationship of love. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, now where does love begin? Love begins in the home. Did you know that? Christ's love begins in the home. And so the husbands, any husbands here? Any fathers here? It begins with you. You're the head of the house, but you're the pastor of your family. And you are to love your wife as Christ loved the church. My, my. Did you ever read that? That's in Ephesians chapter 5, I think. Ah, let's see what that says. That's Ephesians chapter 5. Hmm. Yeah, verse 25. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church. Hmm, hmm. We've got a great job to do, haven't we? Huh? Do you really love your wife that much, your children that much, as Christ loved the church? Hmm. We can do it. I failed. I'll have to be honest. I've been in the ministry 59 years, and back in the beginning, I was a failure. But God's beginning to bring me more into His love and His working, Him living His life through me, so I'm succeeding a little bit better. But praise God, husbands, you can love your wife and your children as Christ loved the church. You say, oh, it's hard for wives to submit themselves to their husbands. And that's what the Lord says. The wives are supposed to submit themselves to their husbands. I'll tell you, husbands, if you love your wife as Christ loved the church, they'll have no trouble in submitting to you. Hey, where's amen? <laughs> Praise God. There's going to be some changes in our homes, we're going to quit this struggling in self-effort and we're going to begin to let Jesus love our wife, our children, our husband through us. He's going to do the work. And if you let him do the work, he'll give you the pay. Praise God. That's really true. We're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. It's going to be payday. And if you have let Christ live his life through you, praise God, you're going to get the pay for the work that he does. Praise the Lord.
That's a subject all by itself, isn't it? Well, we see that God wants us to love one another sacrificially. Speaking especially of the husbands, Christ's love was a sacrificial love. And rather than the husband going around, look at me, I'm king, I'm boss. Everybody submit to me and take notice of me. No. A husband's to be the example of serving. Because in Galatians chapter 5, it says, verse 13, by love, serve one another. And it starts out with the husbands serving the wife and the children. And seeing that their needs spiritually, physically, and financially, in every way, seeing that their needs are taken care of. Praise God. My wife spoke how the Lord will take care of us. It's true. I was born in poverty, lived in poverty growing up. My wife and I had no money when we got married. But praise God, the Lord has supplied our every need. These 59 years we've been in the ministry, going to the nations of the world. Actually, we concentrate on four nations, India, Burma, Japan, and Mexico. But we go to other nations too as the Lord needs. So, since our ministry is to minister in Japan, God really believes in our ministry in Japan. Anybody know what day the great earthquake was, the one recently? Anybody know what day that was? It was March 11th. You know what day we got to Japan? March 10th. One day before the earthquake. And I won't talk a long time about Japan. I could spend the whole time talking about Japan, but God wants us to talk about love. But being in Japan, you know, you do have natural reasonings. And us carnal folks, you know, you heard what I said, us carnal folks, we reason things out. Well, those Japanese must have been so sinful and you know, they just had so much idol worship and maybe even worship of the devil. Just think, Japanese people worship three million gods, and my, that must be why that terrible earthquake and tsunami came upon them. But God said, no, that's not true. Just like Jesus said in John chapter 9 to the blind man. What did Jesus say in the ninth chapter of John? His disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither has this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. So God said, I let this happen so my works can be manifested in Japan. Now I'll tell you, you can imagine some people became a little bit more open to the gospel in Japan when they had that terrible earthquake and terrible tsunami. So many thousands of people dying. So many missing all the terrible things, atomic 
energy just about to come out of the power plants and God's been merciful to them. This is the time of God's mercy in the earth. In my natural thinking, I thought, oh, Lord, surely you're going to come by the year 2000. 2000 comes and Jesus didn't come. Well, God had an answer for me. He said, I'm not slack concerning my promises. I'm surely coming again. We know that. Jesus is coming again soon. But, he says in Second Peter chapter 3, I'm not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Thank you, Jesus. Wonderful that we live in the days of God's grace and his mercy. He's giving this sinful world a little bit more time to repent and to come to know Jesus. There's been terrible tragedies in the world, as we know. But it's all for the purpose of bringing the people to repentance, to be ready for his second coming. Praise God. Well, let's see if we can talk a little bit more on love. My wife and I were in five weeks in Japan. Starting March 10th through April 18th. And God did a wonderful work and we could see all the good things God was doing. So we went to nine different churches. Praise God. And in case you've got any prayers left over, we would appreciate your prayers. Because we're still traveling to the nations of the world. This period of time, we're ministering some in the United States. And I think, God willing, we're going to be back here for the missions conference. That will be a great blessing. But before that, we're going to minister in some other churches. And also, I'll be going down to Mexico to set some elders in the church down there in Monterey. And so, praise the Lord. Then we'll be coming India on the list which we go to every year. And uh, praise the Lord. We're just thankful we can go to the world and see Him work. Glory to God. We're glad we can be here with you today to see God work. <laughs> God gave me a, a big idea this morning as I got out of bed and I shared it with CJ. And so CJ and I prayed about it, you'll say, oh, you're a bunch of crazies. I said, CJ, God wants us in our mind or on the map or some way to pray and believe that his protection will be around the state of Oklahoma and that there won't be any more tornadoes in Oklahoma. Praise God. Anybody else want to join in on that prayer? I, it hurts me as I've seen the tornadoes hit Oklahoma. We don't have any tornadoes in Oregon. Just a couple in the winter time, it's all. <laughs> Unseasonable things. God took care of us. Praise God. Anyway, you can think about that and remember to pray about it. It'd be good for there to be no more tornadoes. In Oklahoma. Don't you think so? 
Praise God. Talk to the Lord about it. We're missing out on a lot of His working because we don't ask. Glory to Jesus. We've got dominion. We've got thousands of promises. Praise God. We've got abundant life. We're called to be kings and priests. You name it. We've got it. Hallelujah. Now we're talking about the greatest thing about God is His love. So, we go from loving our family We love our family. My, church services are really going to be different. There's going to be some real love between families. I'll tell you, it's going to be something to come to church. Families in love with one another. Hallelujah. Why, church quiet, isn't it? Well, so then we love our brothers and sisters in Christ. We pray for them, as it says in Galatians 6, 2. We bear one another's burdens. We serve one another. You know, it was too quiet this morning. The praise sounded good, but I didn't hear much body ministry coming forth. But the Lord, by love, wants us to serve, wants us to minister one to another. He said in 1 Corinthians twelve eighteen, He has set everyone in His church as it pleased Him. But He set us in His church. Hallelujah. How many is a part of His church today? Praise the Lord. And He's given you a ministry. Every one of you. And it's even going to be more manifested when you're filled with the Spirit. But you've got it even before you're filled with the Spirit. God wants you to realize you've got a ministry. It's an important ministry. And the local church is the training place for going out to minister to the world. So let's have some more body ministry. Let Jesus speak and work through you. Praise God. That's serving one another in love. It says, submitting one to another in the fear of God. Praise the Lord. Yeah, Lord, I'm going to have to give account for how I've served my brothers and sisters. If I'm doing nothing, well, I get zero. I let you minister through me, and I get wages and rewards and crowns and inheritance and oh, just so much. Hallelujah. Well, we've got to move on. That clock just keeps on moving. Shame on it. (laughs) You know, in all this we're saying... It needs to be repeated that we need to get up out of bed in the morning and seek the Lord. You might want to know, well, what did God tell you about seeking the Lord? The Lord told me the least I should seek the Lord when I get up in the morning is 30 minutes. 
Oh boy, that hurt. Isn't that right? Huh? Well, maybe not. Maybe there's many that get up 30 minutes ahead of breakfast. But you know when we get up, he doesn't want us to be just selfish. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. Do this, do this, do this. He wants us to learn to be polite. Thank you, Lord, for your great blessings, your great mercy. Thank you for all the answers to prayer. Oh, Lord, I love you. I worship you. And then that's in our own language. And then we take time to speak in other tongues. And we let the Lord fill us up with the Holy Spirit fresh for the day in which we live. Praise God. And so you'll find when you take time to praise and worship the Lord and speak in tongues, the beginning of every day, you're going to be anointed to pray. You're not just always going to be praying on a prayer list, which is all right, but the Holy Spirit will be leading, and he is say, brother so-and-so needs prayer, sister so-and-so needs prayer, those missionaries over in Africa, they need prayer. He'll just reveal things by the Holy Spirit, and you'll begin to pray by the leadership of the Spirit, and I'll tell you, your prayer time will be exciting, and you'll probably be continued as you go to work, kind of silently, you know. Going to school kind of silently, doing more than one thing at the same time. It's wonderful how we can do that. We can fellowship with the Lord and still work on a job and still go to school. We've got a new creation in us. Jesus is in that new creation. He's right there to give us ability all day long. Praise God. But the first thing He does, I found out, He began to give us the leading of the first thing he wants us to do each day. Probably you didn't have any plan to talk to that student at school, that one with the red hair. Well, Lord, what do you want me to do? Well, that student's been complaining about back aches and leg aches and student needs prayer. Lord, you want me to pray for him today, don't you? Yeah, and so we pray for that student. And praise God. God heals that student and delivers them from their back trouble and from their leg aches and all those things. Praise God. God's got every day planned out. A wonderful day to be used for his glory. Praise the Lord. Yes, Matthew chapter 9 is a wonderful scripture. If you're familiar with it, let's turn to it. Matthew chapter 9. This is the last of the chapter, verse 36 through 38. But when he saw the multitudes, he was Moved with compassion on them. As the people pass by in school, on your job, in your neighborhood, you think, Lord, 
They're on their way to hell. They're going to be eternally separated and burned in a lake of fire. Oh, God, help them. Lord, let your love be in my soul for the sinner. Let me have compassion as Jesus had. Lord, help me to be used to see people delivered from going to eternal hell. And God, you see, these people that are all around me, some are worried and oppressed of the devil in their minds. Others are sick and others have marriage problems. Lord, we've got the answer. Lord, I need to share with them in the compassion of Jesus. I need to share with them. I need to pray for them. You find God will use you. It's true we all have a different ministry, but the ministry of all of us is to have compassion for the world lost in sin. Let's read these verses here. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then said he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the labors are few. Hear that? The harvest truly is plenteous, but the labors are few. Pray, therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth labors into his harvest. And I want you to be reminded of what Jesus said in John chapter 4, because we need this scripture so much. John chapter 4, verse 35, beginning there, and we'll read down a few verses. Say not you, there are yet four months, and then comes harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already unto harvest. While God's been filling his people with the Holy Spirit and filling them fresh every day, he's been working in the sinners. He's been preparing them to come to Christ. And he says they're already prepared. They're all ready to be spoken to about Christ. They're all ready to receive healing. They're all ready to receive deliverance from demons. They're all ready. But where's the labors? Jesus said the labors are few. Oh, God, help us. Well, he said. Verse 36, and he that reaps receives wages and gathers fruit unto life eternal, that both he that sows and he that reaps may rejoice together. And herein is that saying true. One sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap. That whereon you bestowed no labor, other men labored, and you are entered into their labors. Praise God. Hallelujah. Remember, the subject, especially today, is love. Oh, Jesus knows that you just work on your job, and you just go to school, and you're just a housewife. Yeah, and in your own love, you have no concern for the people. You just have concern about making money or getting an education 
or about watching television, something like that. Oh, God's wanting to fill us with His love and compassion. His love and compassion will cause her to be a release. Liberty will be filled with the desire to minister to people. We're very poor at this ourselves because we're traveling to the world all the time. But on the block we live on in Portland, Oregon, which is 133rd Avenue, Northeast. And there we found there's 25 different homes or families. And so the Lord said, I want you to open up your home and invite everybody in the block to your house so you can get acquainted with them. You know, we need to get acquainted with people that are all around us. They might not invite us into their home, but we can invite them into our home. And serve them coffee or tea or cookies or something. Praise God. Yes, the Lord has his ways of getting acquainted with people. You know, in Japan, they have kind of an interesting thing they do. When somebody new moves into the neighborhood, they take and give them a gift. Many times, a very simple gift. Maybe it's just a little towel or bar soap or something. But they take them a gift let them know that they're welcome. So we did a little bit of that in Portland. That can be done. There's different ways. Some of you good cooks, I dare say that lady right there might be a good cook. Is that right, sister? Huh? Praise God. Good baked a sinful neighbor of yours. Some cake or cookies or cornbread. Praise God and... Let them know that you love them. Glory to God. Might even be some men like me. I like to cook. Praise the Lord. But I had to give most of it over to my wife. Otherwise, she wouldn't have had any place. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, still got a little time. Praise the Lord. There's a finish up on this, which is pretty strong words. And that is what we find in Matthew chapter 5. But isn't it wonderful? God's love is so great that we can have the love it's talking about in chapter 5, where he's talking about maturing in love. And I'll tell you, When you begin to love your enemies, you're beginning to mature in love. Doesn't mean you're perfect, but I'll tell you, it's a real work in your heart when you love your enemies. When you forgive people that have molested you or tormented you or done evil to you, when you forgive them, this is God's love giving you ability to forgive them. And it's so important because in Matthew chapter 6, it says, verse 14, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father 
will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Boy, some strong words there. God believes in his children straightening up and doing right and loving everybody. They used to have a song. I never did like the word religion, but they used to sing, It's old time religion. Makes me love everybody. <laughs> Anybody old enough to remember that? Hey, Dale's raising his hand back there. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, praise God for his love that makes us love everybody. Let's read this. Verse, this is chapter 5, verse 44. But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. That you may be the children of your Father, that you may be manifested as children of God. When we love everybody, when we love our neighbor, when we love our enemies then truly we are manifested to be God's children. We may be saying, yeah, praise God, I'm born again, I'm saved. I'm a child of God, hallelujah. But it's never manifested. People kind of have their doubts. Sorry to say, there's many Christians that are so worldly that I can't tell the difference between them and the the sinner than ungodly. I'll tell you, God wants you to be known by the manifestation of His love for everybody. That shows you're a child of God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That you may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For He makes the sun to rise on the evil and on the good. Sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if we love them which love you, what reward have you? Do not even the publicans the same? And if you salute your brethren only, what do you more than others? Do not even the publicans so. Be you therefore perfect or mature, even as your Father which is in heaven is mature. Praise God. Come is a big challenge, that scripture, Ephesians, where the Lord tells us about five ministry offices. And he says, he's given us these five ministry offices till we grow up into the fullness of the stature of Christ. Where are you today? Are you still in the baby stage after years of serving the Lord? Or have you been growing every day by the power of the Holy Spirit? Oh, I trust you're maturing more and more. You're coming to be more and more in the image of Christ. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Yes, it's wonderful, isn't it? To grow up in His love. Oh, to be mature in His love. God is speaking this message today so we can be released into maturity of His love. Hallelujah. 
Well, I should ask for mercy from the pastor so I can preach a little bit longer. (laughs) I don't know whether I've told you this or not, but I'm going to tell you very quickly. In April 2008, God gave me a vision about signs and wonders and miracles. And it says in Acts 2.22 that Jesus is a man of God, approved before God by signs and wonders and miracles. He was our example. So we know God wants us to have a ministry of signs and wonders. And so as I saw this vision in a prayer meeting when we were in Portland, Oregon, the missionary prayer meeting, I saw the people not just of the United States, but the people of the world. And God was saying, I want all my children around the world to have a ministry of signs and wonders and miracles. And you know what he said? Now is the time. Pretty shocking, isn't it? Now is the time that we are to have signs and wonders and miracles. He's talking about All of God's children, because when I had the vision, I didn't see apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. I just saw every believer. Every believer. Praise God. That shows what God wants to do through you. Praise the Lord. But it's got to be built on the foundation of love. It just won't work otherwise. And that's why we have 1 Corinthians 13. He goes through those first verses, those first three verses in 1 Corinthians 13 and tells us how everything is just vain. No matter how many signs and wonders we have, if there's not love, it's no good. It's not of the Lord. When we have His love and then the signs and wonders, oh, that's acceptable before God. So let's be filled with His love today And let's enter in to the ministry of signs and wonders and miracles. Because God said, now is the time. And so God went on with the vision. He said, I'm changing the level of evangelism. And it used to be ones and twos, threes, maybe a family being saved, which was wonderful, especially in some countries. But he says, now I want to bring in the multitudes. Hey, how will that look if every chair is filled and we put in extra chairs and we have people standing all around the auditorium trying to get in? How's that going to look? It's going to look good. Praise God and God will show you what to do to have more room. Praise the Lord. Maybe knock out the walls. Who knows? But God says, I want to bring in the multitudes, and it's going to come by signs and wonders and miracles. You see a lame man stand on the corner, pray for him, and he's healed. You'll have a lot of people come to church wanting prayer. Praise God. Hallelujah. The word will spread, I'll tell you. If we'll see the signs and wonders and miracles, and we know Jesus has to do it. Praise God. So, you know, then 
God gave me a scripture to confirm what he was saying in the vision. That was Matthew chapter 4, verse 23 through 25. There it said, Jesus healed all manner of sickness and disease. He healed all sick people. And then it says, the final scripture, the multitudes followed him. Praise God. God's confirming what he showed in the vision by his word. And we're not going to have a contest to see who can see the most miracles. Praise God. The sky's the limit. You can have as many miracles as you want to. And everybody can rejoice as God uses you and you and you. Hallelujah. We can rejoice together when God moves by His Spirit and brings in the multitudes. Glory to God. Glory to God. Well, hallelujah. We're going to pray. wonder, first of all, is there anybody here that never has received Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord? And you'd like to become a child of God today? You'd like to surrender your life to the Lord Jesus? Anybody here? We'd like to invite you to come here to the front so we can pray for you. Maybe there's someone here that you were saved, but you've gotten away from the Lord and gone your own way, and you're considered as a backslider. And you'd like to get back to the Lord, get surrendered to Him and His love and His working, His ministry in your life. Anybody here? Be happy to pray for you right here in front. We're not going to play music. Say, well, I've got to have music before I can come. No. The Holy Spirit's the one that helps us to come. Praise the Lord. Anybody else wants prayer? Praise the Lord. You're welcome to come. We'll pray for you. Sinners, backsliders. Praise God. We're going to pray another prayer shortly, but we want to see what this sister wants. What is it you need, sister? Mm-hmm. You want to get back in fellowship with the Lord. Let's everybody agree and pray that God will do that work in our sister's heart. You know, we don't have to start all over again and get saved all over again. We just say, God, forgive me. I want to surrender to you. I want to live for you every day. Praise God. And he... He forgives. He forgets. He gives us new life, new power. Praise God. Have you ever been filled with the Spirit? Oh, praise God. Then you can be filled some more. Speak in tongues some more. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for our sister that's come today. God, thoroughly restore fellowship with you. Everything that's separating between her and you, we're believing It shall be confessed. It shall be removed. Lord, it shall be no more. In the name of Jesus, there shall be a complete release for our sister to serve you with all of her heart. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, God, heal her mind. Help her to be able to forget the bad things of the past. Oh, Lord, help her just have thoughts about you and your word. And serving you. 
Give her strength. Give her ability. Fill her fresh with the power of the Holy Spirit. God, do everything that's needed in her life. We ask in the name of Jesus.